being the first uh, webinar for us, uh, we thought that we will try to be um, complete, um, completely uh, transparent in what we are doing. Uh, there was a lot of calls, a lot of uh, messages, a lot of questions from uh, all of you in terms of depending upon the credit scenario in the market and uh, how we are reacting and how we are strengthening our credit outlook. Uh, so we thought that uh, through this webinar, we will tell you all what exactly we do and how we are doing it. And also uh, to launch our uh, new Credit Access Core 2.0 and uh, tell you all in terms of how uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is going to be read uh, on, uh, while investing, how this, what, the, uh, what does this mean to you, all of you. Uh, so before um, uh, you know, moving in and telling you about the scores and other things, I thought um, let me spend a few minutes in terms of telling you what exactly uh, we do on critics. Uh, so one thing that we do is uh, we fundamentally uh, uh, do a financing of the trade finance um, and uh, through the mode of invoice discounting. So what we do here in in the uh, in the invoice uh, discounting space is we work with uh, companies, small, big, medium, all the sizes, and uh, we see that what are their account receivables and uh, through which corporates these account receivables are. So uh, an example is uh, basically let, let's say we work with the suppliers of uh, companies like Toyota, where uh, the companies has raised an invoice to Toyota and uh, Toyota has approved the invoices. So please make sure uh, what we make sure or please um, understand here that these are all approved invoices that comes from Toyota. Uh, but Toyota is going to pay them in anything, let's say 60 days. Now uh, to avoid the working capital uh, uh, flow for, with them, uh, what we do is we give them uh, the financing option by discounting their invoices that are at a discount um, in and what we do is we route the cash flow of, of the company to be coming to an escrow account so this is a sacrosanct process which we always uh, uh, always follow is fundamentally the cash flow should be coming up from Toyota now if you understand what we are doing here is uh, the account receivable or the asset is for my smaller company but the account payable or the liability is on the larger company so when uh, you are buying these invoices uh, fundamentally you are buying a liability of a larger company which is the uh, the which is similar to buying a corporate paper or a corporate bond of a larger company uh, but it's coming at a cost of fund or cost of uh, borrowing of the smaller company so it creates an arbitrage or a spread and which makes it an interesting asset class for any investors to own so fundamentally when let's say a toyota invoices uh, a toyota cp or cd is not available in india market what we make about through credit is we define is that these uh, you can buy a liability of toyota and you can earn around let's say 12 13% kind of an uh, so that's that's the that's what we try to do on the credit platform uh, as I uh, said that, what we also do is we always go into a, a tri-party undertaking arrangement where we ask the uh, counterparty or the anchor or the larger corporate to always transfer the fund into our escrow account uh, for the payments that they have to do to, the, uh, to the, uh, those vendors. What we also uh, uh, make sure is in the undertaking is that the payment of all the invoices are coming to the uh, credit uh, escrow account and not just for the invoices with, which are discounted. So what it gives us is it gives us a lot of risk mitigant in terms of, uh, for example, if the payment for one invoice is coming short, well, there is always payment from other invoices which are coming, which can be adjusted uh, for any other payment. So that's that's uh, that's some of the risk mitigation things that we work on 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 credits. Uh, what we also do is uh, we also work on uh, with a lot of third party um, agencies which provide us data to understand how the health of the uh, health of the different companies are. So uh, what we um, so let me divide the entire risk part in terms of how we are onboarded into two pieces. One is fundamentally the origination or acquisition piece, where what we do is uh, when we are acquiring or first onboarding a customer, uh, we what we do is we tell them that uh, this is my acquisition process. So we take the underwriting into account, undertaking into account. We uh, we create an escrow account for the vendor, and once the undertaking comes, we wait for the first credit from the uh, enterprise to come into our account. Once the first credit comes, then only we move ahead and uh, uh, allow the listing. Of course, before that, the risk team, uh, which is an expert risk team, sits here, which looks into all the cases, the financial health of the vendor, the financial health of the enterprise, the cash flow, and various other patterns to make sure that they are uh, good for acquisition and good to go ahead with. 
Now the second aspect, once the discounting happens, is the portfolio management aspect. Since the discounting happens only for 30 to 90 days period, what we also always uh, make sure is that the financial health of both the vendors as well as the enterprise is remains sound for, for uh, the next discounting whenever it is going to happen. So um, there's a, there are some processes which is involved at the at the uh, acquisition level. There are some processes which are involved at the uh, underwriting uh, at the portfolio management level. In terms of portfolio management, there are a lot of triggers also which which plays into. And uh, what we say in triggers is uh, we continuously monitor the uh, the cash flow that is coming for the vendor from the enterprise. We also take a check on the credit profile of the enterprise as well as the credit profile of the uh, vendor. We also look in into whatever external market signal that we are getting of the enterprise to see that the financial health of both the parties are good enough. So once this this all can be looked into, then that is the uh, time then we continue the discounting process to go on. So that's um, that's a little bit of. Uh, uh, additional information which we I wanted to give it to you uh, before moving into to the next slide so next what we looking into is fundamentally um, two way one is what we call as a human intelligence which is a team of expert underwriters and in-house industry experts which are sitting here uh, looking into each of the cases cases and it's they're backed by a, a big array of data that is coming of not only internally mined but also uh, the data that is coming from different sources uh, both externally so we mined a lot of data externally from uh, from MCA websites to uh, you know whatever available from government uh, databases to external sources which can provide us any kind of a signal or any kind of uh, different uh, you know uh, ways to underline that uh, to identify that what we are underwriting or what we are uh, saying is 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 working uh, good or not so uh, uh, in the scoring part also we use a lot of machine intelligence so uh, of course our company we always say that we are a tech first company so as a tech as a foundation there's a lot of automated process that is in the background uh, just um, a few minutes back i spoke about triggers so we worked a lot on uh, triggers there's a lot of triggers that we uh, uh, there are a lot of triggers that will be uh, uh, that will be working out uh, that are ongoing process i think we as of now is possibly there are 25 odd triggers that's already already on production and we keep on adding more and more triggers how the triggers works is if if there is any patterns which is not uh, we defined it as green amber and red and if any of the patterns are are not matching then uh, it sends an amber alert or red alert uh, to the risk team which can text a countermeasure in terms of how to work uh, so uh, again, all of you guys who are present there, uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, there will be Q&A session at the end of the session. So uh, keep uh, uh, keep sending the question, keep ask, uh, keep your questions so that we can answer all of them at the end. Uh, so moving on to the next slide. Uh, now risk mitigation at uh, CredX is uh, businesses evaluated on the basis of various things. So fundamentally what we're looking into uh, while onboarding any any companies for bill discounting is uh, first of all the, the financials of the vendor. Uh, we're looking into the financial of the enterprise or the counterparty, um, how good or strong they are. Uh, we also looking into the relationship. Uh, uh, typically, when uh, when most of the world thinks that trade is fundamentally a transactional relationship, what we have learned is trade is not a transactional relationship. It's more of a uh, long-term relationship. So we look in into the relationship between the enterprise and the vendor to a certain than how deeply they are working, how uh, essential those vendors or suppliers are for enterprise. We also see the payment timelines uh, and match it with the uh, with the master vendor agreement or master suppliers agreement to see that. Uh, if what they are saying in terms of the payment, are they are the enterprises are adhering to it or not? Uh, what it leads to is fundamentally to know that if the suppliers or the vendors are are a, um, uh, you know priority vendors for them or a, or a, uh, you know are better vendors for them or not. Uh, we also look into uh, all the uh, invoices that comes to us. Uh, with we check it with the GST uh, uh, to see that all the invoices and the GST payments are matching or not. Uh, what is another thing which we always uh, put a lot of onus on is is the corporate governance piece. So we're looking into auditor reports. We uh, really read into all the auditor reports, any comments or any adverse comments that is coming from auditors. Uh, we're looking into uh, 
we also looking into uh, fundamentally that uh, the uh, are they doing the uh, the start uh, payments or not which is means the gst payment any kind of taxes payment or not and if they don't then uh, we ask them to first do the payment before moving forward so in a way um, why we looking into it is um, india in india a lot of companies are promoter driven companies and um, these kind of early indicator in terms of uh, corporate compliances are something which gives us a lot of comfort whether uh, whether the uh, the company are um, are managed professionally or they're running it as a mom and pop shop so that's that's a, again very essential we also looking into any kind of a legal proceedings that is going on against the company and uh, looking into the legal aspects of these companies and see that if there are any kind of a cases which is going on which can adversely impact the business so post all these analysis only is what a company uh, gets underwritten and uh, move to the next stage of evaluation on the experimenter so moving on uh, on to the next uh, um, thing um, i just want to also tell you in terms of what we were looking up into credit score 1.0 and um, how this uh, you know and then we will talk about what's there in in credit score uh, 2 and uh, what has uh, changed so in credit score 1.0 what we looking into is fundamentally uh, we look into of course the financials of the vendors the payment timelines relationship with enterprise um, you know the enterprise itself credit history rating down grades etc uh, online presence unsecured loans and we score it in a scale of 1 to 100 now most of uh, investors who are uh, there with us they know that we don't list anything less than 60 as uh, on, a, on a platform and typically the scores varies anything from 60 to up till 80 uh, there are a couple of maybe companies may have got more than 80s but fundamentally they they oscillate around it and that's where the the majority of the companies are coming for uh, now, uh, what based upon a lot of feedback also that we got plus the evolving market scenario, uh, we realized that a lot of things are changing in this uh, in in uh, in the world, uh, especially in India. For example, the rating is uh, rating that is given by the rating agencies are not something which you can trust because there was almost like a four uh, rating downgrade or a, uh, which is happening in a day by rating agencies. So what we started uh, looking into is alternative to rating ag uh, rating agencies rated. Uh, we also started looking for alternatives in terms of how we can uh, look into data inwards into our own database uh, also try to infuse what all other things that we can work about to give a better uh, uh, a better uh, score or a better uh, view to uh, to all of you so what we did is uh, we we moved to new factors. Uh, so we we try to evaluate uh, fundamentally the the different scores in in, in various ways. Uh, so we try to identify the different risk which is there. So we looked into the intent risk uh, from the vendor. Uh, we also started uh, putting more weightage on the enterprises. Um, the the financial aspects become more and more exhaustive. Uh, plus a a big push that has happened from our side is fundamentally moving a uh, lot more towards the cash flow based underwriting rather than the balance sheet based underwriting. Uh, what I mean is uh, that when we were putting a lot of onus earlier on, on fundamentals of the, even for the enterprise on the balance sheet, and that's where most of the rating agencies also looking into, uh, we started moving towards the cash flow. So we started creating a timelines of, of uh, when an enterprise, and this is why the way I'm talking about the enterprises and not uh, about the vendor, but basically create a timelines of uh, different, um, uh, you know, debt or different kind of uh, finance that has been taken by the enterprises and plotting it with, with, with different kind of other measures for enterprises to see how the cash flow of an enterprise is changing. Uh, what we generally call internally is a balance sheet is a stale uh, because let's say if I'm looking into anybody's balance sheet right now it's, and it's not has a listed company, we are getting a balance sheet of a year old uh, as compared to a cash flow which, which is more current and more uh, substantial in nature. So we started looking more and more into the balance, uh, into the cash flow side of it, uh, both for the enterprise as well as uh, for uh, for the suppliers. What it also helped us is, uh, since we are working with multiple suppliers of the corporates, uh, we also have a sort of a bird eye view on the cash flow of the same enterprise uh, for different vendors. So we are in a better position to also see that how the uh, how is the short term uh, obligation of the enterprises is as against. Uh, maybe what the uh, what the long term balance sheet is showing. So there was a more uh, weightage that started going into into those pieces of things. Uh, also on the vendor side, we started looking into a lot of intent. So 
though we always looked into the invoices, what is the total value of invoices and what is the actual payment that is being done by the enterprise on the, those invoices, uh, we started going back to the vendors and start asking them why there is a shortfall in payment that is happening. Uh, anything which is more than a five to ten percent of a shortfall in general in a vendor in an invoice payment. Uh, we asking for a written uh, documents or written proof in terms of why there's a shortfall. And uh, we also look for a patterns in terms of is it one off or is it happening too often uh, to come to a terms in terms of why these things are getting repeated. So most of these new parameters that we are talking about has actually moved uh, from from scoring to filtering level. So what we started doing is we tried to separate out the scores with the filter. So uh, well, uh, when in Credex one uh, score 1.2, when we were only, uh, we were filtering all, uh, at, at the acquisition level, but then after that, we are just scoring all the cases on the on a parameter. Uh, and anything less than 60, we don't use to uh, put on the platform. Now with Credex score 2.2, what we did is we, we separated out the filtering uh, totally out of the, uh, out of the scoring so what we say that we will filter out everything which is bad at the or uh, which uh, which is potential bad at the early stage itself and whatever is filtering uh, out, uh, out from the from the risk filter then is is going to get a score at credit score 2.0 so uh, this is uh, sort of a graph and uh, um, uh, sort of a uh, you know different uh, uh, parameters that we used in Tintu uh, and how what is the different weightage uh, for people who are uh, more statistically inclined uh, uh, you know this this is something which is very important because we started putting a lot of uh, a lot of variables as we started going into it as I said that this uh, credit score 2.0 is is fundamentally a, a machine learning algorithm uh, which looks into many aspects of it. Uh, we also looked into our own internal uh, internal uh, uh, performances and potential default cases that could happen in our portfolios also to build up the, the model here. So um, oh, now going to the uh, going to the uh, uh, credit score 2.0, uh, uh, you know, and uh, telling you what exactly this is. So I think one of the major changes for for the investors that we have done is the score scale has itself has changed. So instead of going from uh, uh, on a scale of 100, the new score will be on a scale of 100 to 1000, uh, where there is no uh, and it is not same as so a score of six uh, 65. In the in the previous avatar is not the same as the score of 650 here uh, so you will see a basic uh, you know entire spectrum of a score that is uh, will be coming out into a 2.0 what I also want to emphasis uh, emphasize here is this score is not the risk score um, this is not a, a version where we are saying that this is a score a higher score means a, a, a safe a safe deal versus a unsafe deal or a slightly riskier deal what we want to say is basically Basically, a higher score means that the flow that is coming up for this particular vendor from this particular enterprise, uh, in our uh, and and the overall mechanism or relationship between us is much better uh, if somebody has a higher score as compared to somebody having a uh, lesser score. So some of the new things that uh, goes into this is. Uh, vendor financial enterprise uh, historical data there's a, a big adaptive feedback loop that is there so it the algorithm keeps on learning in itself getting feedbacks from different sources to uh, see that how how the score can keep on enhancing so if it's it's possible it's very much possible that today you see a, a deal of a score of let's say uh, 750 and tomorrow you might see the same deal with a score of uh, uh, with with a score of 650 uh, because of the change in uh, industry news or change in different uh, uh, different variables which is coming into it. Uh, there's also, uh, as I say, it's a dynamic scoring of deals happening. So uh, the scores can pretty much change on a, on a, on a minute basis. Uh, and uh, what we baked in into is a con continuous portfolio risk management. So uh, the model is both inward as well as outward looking, uh, where we look into a lot of variables that we collect internally, but at the same time, we also keep a tap on in terms of what is the kind of market condition or market uh, scenario that is panning out. Um, 
also of course we build in into a lot of our own uh, ip or a lot of our own learning that we know about the trade finance or the supply chain finance market uh, different sectors and how different sectors are panning out so all those things are are now being um, uh, being used in in terms of as a part of different variables uh, in into the model i just wanted to show you how the uh, scoring model comparison happens so this on my uh, left side is is credit score 1.0 and what we plotted is uh, is basically on on the x axis is the score and on the y axis is the uh, delays in 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 payment uh, so if you see uh, this the, the cluster which we are which we are showing uh, uh, which you can see on the left hand side is uh, is basically uh, where most of the uh, cases that we have uh, listed on the on credit platform is and, and the scores pretty much range anything from 60 to Uh, kind of 80 very rarely on 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 the cases which goes uh, outside of 80 parameter and there are some cases which are delays which which uh, uh, which is substantial delays that has happened into now with with credit score 2.0 what happens is as i said there is a lot of filtering that is uh, associated with it so a lot of cases will get filtered out even before they get uh, uh, scored here but as you can see that the scores are pretty much uh, going and uh, uh, created across from from uh, you know less than 100 till up till around 800 900 kind of scores so as i said uh, a 65 or a 75 score in the previous after is not the same as a 650 or 750 score in in uh, 2.0 Uh, uh so what how to uh, how to read this score is fundamentally is is uh, again you have to do your own underwriting in terms of looking into the reports giving getting more comfort around the enterprises and the vintages etc but you also look into score more as uh, as a pattern of how the flow or the cash flow of this particular vendor enterprise pair is as per the model some of the highlights that uh, that uh, you know that technology has helped us in in terms of doing is uh, a big part of uh, uh, underwriting is now tech driven uh, so it's it's uh, it's a continuously evolutionary uh, evolution of, of of the process that is happening we are uh, really looking into the uh, we have really built up technology that is really looking into the data on a, on on like a minute basis uh, we have so if you ask me to put the weightage in terms of of how much weightage you are putting up on the acquisition during the acquisition time and how much weightage you are putting up on the portfolio management side i would say maybe around 40% weightage has been put at the uh, acquisition side and there are 60% weightage is also is being given to portfolio management so we are continuously evolving continuously looking into each and every uh, um, businesses not only from the uh, from the anchor or the enterprise perspective but also from the sectorial perspective if we if we uh, feel that any sector is getting through stress we instantly go into a mode where we start reducing the lines for our other exposure on those uh, sectors and start moving towards lesser and lesser exposure into all those uh, sectors where we feel that there might be stress that is coming up Uh, the entire decision making is very adaptive so uh, the the machine learning algorithm itself works in a way that it continuously uh, get feedback in terms of what all is getting declined what get, what all is getting accepted but also in terms of how the payment is actually coming if the payment is early or to or delay and based upon that it keeps on uh, uh, working on the variable and adapting to the, uh, the to the scenario things to consider when investing so how can investors uh, so also i want to uh, you know uh, spend some time on in terms of uh, what you should be looking for uh, while investing um, i would strongly advise all of you to uh, before investing into any deal uh, you should uh, definitely read the uh, read the reports uh, at least the for the first time uh, very deeply uh, before uh, putting up uh, uh, you know before taking a chance to uh, take a decision um, so even if in the face value a lot of things to uh, you might feel that uh, you are not comfortable or not comfortable with after reading uh, uh, the the detailed report that our team prepares you might wants to look in into and say that um, these are something which which we don't want to uh, uh, consider which we want, should be considering so uh, that is uh, 
uh, I would definitely suggest you to please, please make sure that you are reading uh, all the reports uh, carefully, at least definitely for the first time. And also, if possible, uh, whenever you are investing or uh, reinvesting in the same deal, always check onto the report to see that if anything has changed since the last time you have invested. Um, also, I keep on, um, yeah, you know, being a risk uh, management professional myself. Uh, I also keep on emphasizing on on the relevance of a score and how to interpret those scores. Uh, one thing which is very very essential is um, the scores. Um, you know, uh, a score being a third party score. Uh, a person or any entity who is trying to use the score always need to first benchmark the score and see how they are benchmarking themselves against the score. So uh, anybody who is a new investor uh, who is trying to uh, use the score, what I would suggest is for the first few investment, uh, first read the read the different reports, make your own hypothesis in terms of what is a good deal versus what is may not be a good deal uh, as per you, and then benchmark your score accordingly. So for example. It may possible that you know what you are considering since now in TEDx score 2.0, it's not a uh, safe, safe or unsafe or a less riskier kind of thing. It's more of a pattern of how the cash flow uh, is projected to be coming into it. What I suggest is, uh, you know, let's say you you choose in a deal which the anchor name looks very good uh, and you're very comfortable with this anchor name, but at the same time the score looks uh, low to you, but you are comfortable putting up your money in that score. Uh, you know, you are. In a way, you are benchmarking yourself on, uh, for that score. So you are making uh, you are making a conscious or unconscious decision that this is a score at which I'm good to invest in a deal. As compared to let's say somebody else who might come and say that no, even if I need both, I need to be be comfortable with the cash flow forecast or projected that is coming from Credit Score 2.0, and also in terms of what is the report telling me, and as well as what is uh, coming up as an enterprise name. So make sure that all your decision uh, is is you know before investing in any deals you are taking a decision based upon uh, how the benchmarking is uh, happening across the different score and if this benchmark is uh, if the credit score 2.0 is what score range is where you are make you feel comfortable about uh, also a couple of things that i also want to say is uh, you know anything that you invest in the market is is has some bit of risk it's not that anything doesn't has a risk uh, so please uh, carefully assess what you are investing in in terms of what are the different risk parameters that is there what we do in our reports are we publish everything we publish the vintage uh, we publish the performance history we, pu we publish the various uh, um, uh, ratios various financial ratios for vendors we look into the enterprise we say what all enterprises there we look into the concentration risk between a vendor and an enterprise so a lot of these things are there uh, and it's for it's being written in a but in a way so that you can consume these reports uh, easily. It, it doesn't take a lot of time. Possibly, uh, you know, if you uh, once you become uh, more used to reading our reports, possibly on a go-to forward basis, it will not take more than maybe around 10-15 minutes to look into reports. So. Uh, you know, look into reports uh, and then take a call in terms of where you want to invest the uh, the money into. Uh, also, I'd also request all of you that uh, you know, if uh, you have gone through the uh, legal uh, um, agreement that you signed, it's good. If you're not, then please go through the legal agreement once so that you become uh, uh, conceptually you become easier in terms of uh, what you are investing in and what you are not investing in. Uh, as I always say that. Uh, you know, all these investments carry risk, uh, whether it's with credits or outside. And uh, as a as a more prudent investor, we need to uh, make sure that we are uh, factoring in all the risk in in terms of what uh, how we are doing it and how we are taking the investment decision into. Uh, now we uh, we are end at uh, my presentation. So as uh, as I said earlier, we we are now open for the Q and A. So if any one of you has any questions, uh, we'll take it up. Uh, you can put it on the Q and A uh, on your questions, and we'll take questions one by one and I'll try to answer all. So um, this is a very relevant question which has come up for uh, come come from. Uh, from uh, one of our uh, esteemed customer. Uh, he said that uh, the question is, how have you geared uh, for the impact of Corona? Uh, 
so uh, i will answer it in in possibly like two pieces uh, one is basically internally how we what we are doing and how we are doing in terms of uh, uh, for for corona so we have uh, starting uh, tomorrow we have invoked the uh, the full fledged uh, bcp or uh, business continuity plan in the company uh, which means that uh, all our facility uh, the local offices will be closed and uh, everybody has moved to a work from home facility um, the entire office is getting sanitized uh, with antiviral and anti disinfectant uh, uh, tomorrow and post that the office will get closed then everybody will move to a work from home there's a, a, a distinctive uh, big circular that we have issued to all the uh, personnel internally to look in into um, to look in into uh, you know proper work from home habits and how to make sure that none of our customers can be uh, will will get affected by this uh, and all the customers will be uh, will be maintained and uh, we try to maintain uh, the business continuity as much as possible now uh, moving it to externally uh, we all know that uh, this uh, coronavirus and covid-19 is going to impact the economy we have already seen the the market is uh, the, the stock market is getting routed um, uh, for people who who doesn't know there is a big impact that has happened not only in the equity market but the debt market also with most of the debt funds liquid funds uh, mostly every single funds including the bonds etc is giving negative uh, negative yields in last 1 uh, to 3 weeks time uh, um, the forecast what we are hearing from a lot of experts are uh, that the worldwide economy is going towards recession there is also a call that is coming up that uh, says that maybe the businesses will be down by over 50 to 60% so uh, there what we are doing is we are we are working with our uh, so this is a time of a stress and this is a sort of a global uh, sort of a, a event that has happened is which is going to affect of all of us so uh, what uh, we are doing is on externally we are reaching out to all our customers uh, telling them in terms of what are the different measures that they can take in terms of uh, uh, to keep them financially safe uh, apart from of course everybody is hearing about how to keep yourself personally safe but we are also advocating them in terms of how to keep themselves financially safe uh in terms of taking wiser decisions uh we are reaching out to our vendor partners we are reaching out to our enterprise partners and asking them in terms of what are the payments patterns and how it is going to change as of now the the uh, the impression that we are getting is mostly the payments etc which is already due is going to be on time except maybe a uh, few delays here and there uh the the demand or the since the global supply chain has got affected the demand is going to get reduced and because of that there may be lesser amount of deals that will be coming on the platform uh, but if the uh, but i think most of the corporates are doing is they are taking looking in import and also taking a decision uh, should they be procuring or should be they not be procuring depending upon their cash flow situation so i think everybody is bracing for it and we are also bracing for it uh, we have become much more much much cautious in terms of uh, what we are underwriting or what we are not underwriting uh the there is a full fledged credit committee which sits in credix uh consisting of five to six people who who sits and discuss each and every case that goes uh onto the platform uh, before onboarding them so uh we have tightened our norms here uh and we are trying to uh, work it out on that uh so moving up to the next question there is uh, another question which comes that uh, are there steps been taken to prevent invoice of enterprise at risk due to ongoing disruption such as airlines in france steel uh so uh, i think uh, yes uh, we, that is there uh, some of the sectors uh, i think we have taken a very early decision to uh, reduce the exposure on them uh, substantially so uh, we uh, like airlines in france uh, steel etc is something which we have taken a decision almost more than 8 months back and start reducing the line uh, substantially on them uh, what we also um, uh, seeing is uh, is is what are, we are also evaluating not only in terms of uh, the sector wise we are also looking into companies wise because of the stock market route a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, shareholding patterns has may, may will may change uh, because of share pledges and all so we are looking into all those aspect we are already started discussing with a lot of our anchor companies to see that we are still in good shape and uh, nothing out uh, untowards will happen on on those cases
So uh, moving on to the next question. The question this is Tom says, why is the escrow account more secure and do you work with a bank for that? Uh, so yes, uh, this is a very interesting question that uh, that has come up. So we, uh, you know, we, we started our journey with having an ICICI bank and work with ICICI bank for, uh, for an escrow account. Uh, then we moved to Yes Bank fundamentally because technology as uh, Yes Bank technology was uh, far superior at that time as compared to ICICI. And uh, being a tech company, we, we loved the good technology. So we moved to Yes Bank and worked on that. Uh, we have now in working with at least five banks right now. With uh, with we already have going at UAT with DBS Bank Singapore. Uh, we are in. Uh, we are also working with Kotak Mahindra, uh, SDFC City. Uh, uh, to open a separate set of nodal accounts or escrow accounts. Now coming to why nodal or escrows are safer than that because fundamentally nodal accounts are, are bankruptcy proof. What I mean by that is uh, even if let's say a vendor becomes bankrupt or a corporate uh, or basically let's say uh, the bank itself become bankrupts uh, these accounts are bankruptcy proof so uh, in case of uh, you know let's say tomorrow if uh, and this uh, also um, uh, I will also uh, take back in terms of the mail that we have sent during the Yes Bank moratorium. Though the moratorium has uh, affected us also a little bit, uh, what also important to understand is we always continue to say that the money is safe because we know that even if tomorrow Yes Bank will file for bankruptcy, there's nobody can touch the money that is lying in the nodal account. So that's why we have taken multiple legal opinion on that. Uh, we have went to RBI also asking them and what we get is, is that uh, the nodal accounts are fundamentally bankruptcy proof from from bank's exposure point of view as well as from vendor exposure point of view so that that's the reason why we we generally go with a with a nodal account concept uh so going moving on to the next question is uh, why the enterprise are supporting credits to confirm the vendor invoices um yeah it's it's again it's uh it depends upon different enterprises uh, and what's their approach could be. Um, so there are a few enterprises uh, who, are, who are working with us because they want this their supply chain to be very smooth. Um, um, I, um, I tell you that uh, one example is like, let's say, uh, again, going, going back to my Toyota example is, let's say Toyota is um, has came up with a new model in the market and uh, they need, uh, they seen over subscription of, of that model and they need to uh, produce more and they want their uh, supply suppliers to support them now in a typical scenario what happens is the supplier asks the corporates to uh, pay them in advance uh, to support the higher supply uh, supply demand that they that is coming from the corporates but while working with us what happens is uh, these these corporates can easily push the suppliers to go to to, uh, to credit get the supply chain financing and voice discounting and and supply more to them so uh, as i said a lot of times the corporates are working with us because uh, we have we have uh, proven it to them that uh, we can smoothen their supply chain a uh, couple of times uh, also there is a case there could be case where uh, corporates could be uh, interested in increasing their own working capital so uh, sometimes what we have also seen is uh, corporates wants to move to a higher payment cycle once uh, working with us so um, it it provides them a little bit of a working capital uh, you know lifeline to them uh, working with us because we we work with uh, uh, we provide this capital to vendors and um, uh, See the beauty of invoice discounting is also uh, is, is sort of an off balance sheet product for for the corporate. So uh, that's also the reason why they want to work with us on on that. Okay, so there's another question, which is, uh, will the new score give us more clarity on the delayed invoices from uh, that enterprises? Uh, yes, and it, as I say, it's an uh, it's an adaptive model. Uh, it looks into uh, even a single delay in in a payment from an enterprise, the, the score can change from today to tomorrow. Uh, as we also say that uh, we monitor now the new score is a more cash flow oriented rather than balance sheet oriented. Uh, so the more weightage is being given to how the flow is coming into our account rather than how the strength or the uh, financial strength of the uh, of the company looks like uh, so an example is is let's say uh, there's a large mnc's maybe a fortune 100 mnc's which uh, which you and all of us perceive it to be a good MNC, but uh, you know the Indian function maybe are not that well managed, and because of that, the cash flow are always not certain. So it may possible that these uh, these uh, the, the new score is basically going to give them a lower score, even though you feel that the oh this enterprise is very large, and you know uh, 
you may say that I'm more comfortable working with this, taking a deal of this enterprise because this enterprise is 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 uh, a Fortune 100 uh, MNC. But the, but we might be giving him a lower score because the cash flow that is coming from these enterprises are not uh, as good as uh, what is coming from let's say an Indian uh, larger corporate. So uh, yes, this this can definitely give you a, a view in terms of the flow uh, how it is coming. Again, I would also say that we publish all those vintage performance and how the DPDs and etc is coming if there is any delayed payment in the past in our report also so if you go to our report you can see a more detailed on just the vintages performance rather than looking into the score itself so you have two way to compare one is the score but also you can look into the report and see that detailed uh, vintage performance for any vendor enterprise player. okay so another question is what is the average return that investor can expect from credx platform and also what is minimum ticket size and lock-in period for new investor uh, so um, Average return is something which depends upon uh, upon fundamentally you. Uh, we list deals anything ranging from uh, 10.5% to up till around uh, 17%. Um, and you know, depending upon what you want in terms of what is your risk perception, uh, what is your own risk analysis, what kind of sectors and deals that you want to take into. Uh, and I, I give an example that a lot of investors are very comfortable only taking the deals of Indian large companies. Uh, conglomerates but at the same time there are set of uh, customers or set of investors who are only interested in buying for startups so it's it's a call that uh, fundamentally you need to take you can if you ask me I would say that you can make a well diversified uh, uh, risk diversified portfolio getting an average uh, net IRR of somewhere around 13 13 and a half percent easily on the platform um, also, the minimum ticket size, uh, which we get a lot of question on why, what is the minimum ticket and why we put it is because there is a stamp duty implication, which is uh, there. Uh, each transaction that we do, uh, we need, we get it stamped and we keep the stamp copy with us. Uh, now, the stamp duty is something which is borne by the vendor uh, and each stamp duty has a cost uh, because there is a there is a minimum stamp duty that we have to pay. Now, if we reduce the size of the transaction to less than 3 lakhs, it's become detrimental the cost become detrimental because of the increase in the stamp the overall uh, annualized increase in the in the stamp duty cost for the vendor so that's the reason why we keep the uh, minimum ticket side uh, there's no lock-in period as such uh, you can buy a 30 days deal and you are invested only for 30 days after that you can pretty much uh, withdraw the fund or 60 days or 90 days so maximum uh, you can buy a 90 days deal and minimum you can buy a 30 days deal and once you get the maturity you can pull in the fund if you want uh, so another question that is that comes is how safe is credx it's, itself are you profitable and does it require further funding to stay afloat uh, so pretty much as of now i think uh, we are we are pretty safe uh, i don't know if you're right but um, uh, we 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 have recently raised a, a large round uh, from one of the global uh, investors which um, you know uh, global large investors we have sequoia and tiger both on our uh, investment uh, uh, board and uh, from the from the run rate perspective uh, again, if you see the history of the company, uh, we have raised before this round, we have raised three years back. Uh, a large chunk of the fund that we raised three years back is still with us. Uh, and then again, we raised a large chunk here. So uh, we, we are not burning, we, are, we don't put our own capital into it, into it. So we don't burn a lot of money. Uh, from that perspective, we have a long, long runway. Saying so, um, again, going back to the nodal and escrow structure, the another beauty of nodal and escrow structure is even if something happens to credits, the amount that is there in nodal and uh, escrow accounts are pretty safe. It's bank, as I said, it's, it's even credits bankruptcy proof. So even if something happens to us uh, in terms of it, um, you can pretty much, uh, you know, ask the bank and the bank has been the nodal trustee or the escrow trustee. Uh, whatever money will be there into uh, into those accounts can be redeemed back to you. So um, if, if though again uh, reiterating again, Credix assets is in a very good position right now, considering the uh, the latest fundraise that we have done. Uh, but what when you are investing in Credix, uh, you need to take your own due diligence in terms of where you are investing in and uh, look into the risk parameter first. Okay, so the no the next question is do you plan to do purchase or discounting what is that 
how is that different from inverse discounting that Credix provides? And do you plans for PO funding discounting as well? Uh, well, not at this time. Uh, we, we, we do get a lot of requests to do purchase order financing. Uh, why we don't do purchase order financing as well as, as compared to invoice financing or invoice discounting is uh, fundamentally two reasons uh, or fundamentally one reason only. Uh, a purchase order, uh, a purchase order has execution risk. Uh, invoice doesn't have execution risk. Uh, so how I say is, uh, for example, if I have a purchase order, I still need to execute that deal or that order or that service. Uh, for example, a company gives me a purchase order to produce 1000 uh, shirts. Now, uh, till the time I don't produce these shirts and give it to the company, the invoice doesn't get, get raised. So there is a big performance risk or big execution risk which is there between purchase order and invoices. Invoice doesn't have any execution risk because the invoice raised, get raised only once the goods are received and uh, services are delivered to the enterprise. So once uh, invoice get really, uh, is, is uh, uh, issued and the other party or the counterparty receive the invoice and accept that this is a genuine invoice, it's fundamentally you are not betting on the future but you are betting on the past because the work has already been done in the past and now you you are holding sort of a promissory note uh, where where the uh, counterparty or the enterprise is saying that hey i owe you this much money and that's why we say that uh, there's no execution risk in invoice discounting as compared to purchase order where there is still a substantial execution risk which is involved so uh, moving it to the next question is why is that credit discount bill raised only on big corporates and not on other smes this will help in increasing the working capital facilities for SMEs and increase the economic activity. I um, I agree to your point. Uh, this is something which uh, uh, which which we when we started initially, which we uh, got a lot of requests for. Uh, the issue is fundamentally uh, is is um, you know the verification of invoices at uh, at SME to SME level and. Um, India has traditionally seen a big amount of fraud that has happened in SME to SME invoice discounting space. Um, give you an example is, uh, you know, if I start doing SME to SME, what will happen is um, a, a company will come to me who, which can raise an invoice against another company, which is fundamentally a shell company or, or a pseudo company opened by, uh, you know, his uh, cousin or his brother and they raise invoice against each other get it discounted and both run away so that is something which uh, Indian ecosystem in invoice discounting has seen a lot so that's why we have taken a decision that when we started that we'll only do with a certain set of uh, companies which has a traditionally has a uh, has a uh, you know a brand name to protect there will be a certain set of corporate governance into place so even if a lot of startups which we do into the reason why we do a startups as a as a corporate uh, is because uh, there is a investor money that is involved there's a, a funding that comes from large investors in these companies and these investors infuse sort of a corporate governance into these uh, startups uh, and some of these startups are even well uh, are well managed than than a lot of traditionally large Indian companies. That's what we have seen or experienced into. So that is why we, uh, as I said in the beginning of my presentation, is we uh, really like companies to have a good corporate governance because this gives a lot of feedback in terms of how the company is going to behave in future. So that's the reason why we uh, we we only do large companies. However. Uh, we we are also thinking about uh, having uh, our own MBFC and using that fund to do SME to SME. We don't want to risk anybody else's fund for that, and we want to do a pilot or, or some kind of testing to see that if that is the some something where we can put our own uh, uh, capital at risk and uh, and try to prove if that that is a segment that we can uh, contribute or towards the economic activity of the country. Uh, so another question is: Credex MFA requires uh, use of OTP to phone number if someone is on travel outside India then phone number may not be accessible uh, to solve this critics can send OTP to registered email address as well uh, so um, this this has been to this question has been raised a lot of times so uh, the reason why we don't send the OTP to email address is we have a two-factor authentication. Uh, if you all remember that your email ID is fundamentally the first 
factor authentication. So you email IDs which you use to uh, uh, to log in into the system, uh, into the credit system. Uh, now, if we start sending the OTP also into the email address, then what will happen is if your email ID is getting compromised, your credit account will get com compromised because if anybody has access to your email ID, he can fundamentally do any transaction on the on the platform. So he can uh, either buy or withdraw, uh, you know, change your bank accounts and then withdraw the account. So that's why the reason why we have chosen a two-factor authentication, where first factor is where your email address and the second factor is your registered phone number. Uh, however, what we are also working is our technology team is working on uh, some kind of a authenticator app, which is like Microsoft Authenticator or Google Authenticator, uh, which uh, which works more like an RFID concept and. Um, RSID concept and um, we can uh, we are working on that so hopefully in few uh, weeks time or or in a month's time you will see uh, where o you don't require to have the OTP separately send on phone but you can use these authenticator authenticator apps to um, to buy a deal or do any other transaction on the platform. So uh, moving on to the next question is uh, format of the deal reports also changing to show the new parameters being considered. Yes, we are working on the newer version of the deal report also. Uh, we are making it more comprehensive as well as more relevant. Uh, some of the aspects that we're looking into deal report is, as I already mentioned, is, is uh, the different financial ratios, the vintage, Etc. Also, some of I also want to share one another tidbits here on on the deal report is on the first page on the right side of the first page we also mention what is the invoice value and what is the margin that we are taking on this invoice value. Um, I would also request all of you to have a look because that gives me an additional uh, risk mitigation on any invoice that we do into. But um, back to your question, yes, we are changing the risk report and uh, to get. Uh, to have the more variables and more uh, things part of. so moving on to the last question of the day is my question on the due date of the payment that does the payment come directly from the enterprise to escrow account or from enterprise to vendor account and then escrow account is an investor supposed to look at only the enterprise credentials uh, so yes on the due date uh, I, or before the due date whenever the payment comes the payment always come from directly from enterprise to our escrow account, our undertaking with the or our arrangement contract with the enterprise is enterprise should pay the the payment of to that to that particular vendor directly into a, into our escrow account and not to any account of the vendor. So we um, it's a simple format of we give the money to the vendor but we get the money from enterprise. So uh, the enterprise doesn't pay to the vendor; they pay directly to us. And once it comes to us, we ask the vendor for the payment advice. Once we get the payment advice, uh, based upon the payment advice for which of the invoices the payment has come, we adjust the payment and give the payment uh, to all the investors uh, who has uh, purchased those deals. So um, that's uh, that's that's fundamentally uh, we looking into. So uh, I think uh, that's that's the last set of questions that we uh, we have uh, got and answer into. Um, thanks all of you to being part of it. Um, I know it's uh, it's 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 our um, you know first webinar, so excuse us if if there is anything any tech glitches or anything that may have happened uh, i would request you to write to us on investor connect uh, at credx.com if you have any queries uh, you can also if you are an investor you can also re write to us at care at uh, credx.com and uh, reach out to us of course you can send a mail to us directly at info at credx.com also and, um, and and reach out to us for for anything any questions or any query that do have uh, i'm happy to take any other questions which you can send on these mails and uh, try to answer as much of them as possible uh, Again, all of you, thanks a lot. Uh, it's a tough time uh, in, in this coronavirus, not only because of the disease and the epidemic, but also because of the economic stress and the economical scenario that we are going through. Um, I, I just wish all of you to uh, be cautious, uh, be inside, be safe, uh, you know, and uh, keep, your, keep yourself uh, away from, um, you know, as much as possible from uh, any of the social gathering. Be safe and... Uh, be uh, you know, wish you all a good day for today. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have a great day.